Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to probably the first episode in forever of Super Friends, uh, the DC podcast here on HN. And today I'm joined by Aaron. I think this might hey, be your first Super Friends, I think. I might be wrong. No, yeah, this is definitely my my first Super Friends. I've never been on the DC side of things. I've uh, mostly done Marvelite, so this is exciting. This is different. Yeah, I mean, so since this is your first episode, I guess, let's just kick it off. With what was your first, I guess, DC related property that you were really exposed to, whether it's like movie, TV, comics, whatever? What was that? And what is your favorite, like, DC movie, TV show, whatever? Wow. The first DC thing I was exposed to. You know, if I'm going back to my, my wee kid years, I was probably first exposed to either Static Shock. Or the 90s Batman show. Probably the 90s Batman show. But what distinctly sticks out in my head is Static Shock. And how I was really impacted by that show. Because of the first superhero I really saw like on a public platform. That was that was uh, also African American. Dealing with, with the problems within his city and stuff. And then Batman was just like the coolest thing ever. Because who didn't love Batman as a kid, you know? Yeah. I remember watching uh, that show and then this short-lived show called The Batman on WB. Oh, I remember The Batman. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the first show I watched from, like, start to finish. And you saw, like, the evolution of everything with with, uh, him going from just being by himself to having Robin to then having Robin and Batgirl. Then Harley Quinn was introduced into the show. I thought it was was just a really well-done show. Really underrated. Yeah. So what was your favorite, then, out of all of that? Oh man, you know Wait. it's gonna sound cliche. It's gonna sound what? so cliche, but I remember my uh, opening night going to see The Dark Knight. Really? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I remember. Well, I was, was I was thinking you might go, you know, before Nolan a little bit with how you were talking about stuff. I thought you were gonna be like, yeah, my favorite was Justice League or Batman Beyond or something I really like, like that. Bat- I really like Batman Beyond too. I mean, yeah, I mean, um, DC. That was a great show. DC really kicked ass back in the day with their uh, animated shared universe, you know, like Static Shock, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Superman animated series, Batman animated series. Like having all that connected together like they did was pretty impressive, I think, personally. No, no, definitely. I remember Bruce Timm, right? Timverse, like Bruce Timm is basically to that whole thing, what Kevin Feige is to Marvel at this point. Yeah, I wish that that the DC movies would, you know, get some of that flavor in there, get some of that connective tissue of universal mindset within their their live action side. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> no, yeah. So I guess because it's been so long, I might as well kind of say what my first DC thing was, I guess. So my first thing I remember watching that was DC was the Michael Keaton Batman. Mm-hmm. So... Because of that, to this day, my favorite Batman, just out of that pure kind of like first time biased kind of thing, uh, is still Michael Keaton. He's still my favorite Batman. And I'm a great Batman he was. Yeah, I mean, like for me, that was my first time ever seeing Batman. You know what I mean? Like I was so young and I was like watching it, like I think at my grandparents' house or something. And it's just my first time ever seeing Batman. So like, that was what I thought Batman was for the longest time before I read more of like the comic stuff and, you know, watched other TV shows like the Batman and stuff like that. Uh, Cause I remember when that was out and I thought it was a pretty cool show at the time, just because of certain like creative twists they did with it uh, different from previous things. But I watched like the Batman animated series and the new Batman animated series and Superman animated series and Justice League and all that stuff too. But yeah, I guess getting on to our topics today, I just thought that'd be a fun introduction to do. Because, um, you know, it's your first time on Super Friends. But, yeah, if you guys are watching this, uh, the full-length version is on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, all those great places you can stream podcasts at. And if you're watching on, on YouTube, just the segments will be up on YouTube. So the first topic we have here is Zack Snyder, director of Man of Steel, BVS, and Justice League, revealing that some, I guess, original details, if you will, for his previously planned Justice League's part one and part two. Uh, the first little detail is some concept art that shows a young Darkseid before he was called Darkseid. 
in the invasion of Earth, seemingly in the same place that Steppenwolf was in when they actually had the flashback scene. So a lot of people think that that fight scene had Darkseid in it, but it was digitally replaced with Steppenwolf, which may explain the kind of crappy-ish CGI that we kind of got, all things considered, uh, for Steppenwolf. Like, he should have looked a lot better. And there was a lot of rumors that Joss Whedon and the rest of WB basically did, like, a really kind of rough, quick new render of the character design uh, once Zack Snyder left. And also, besides that, we got some cool details regarding Cyborg's interaction with the Mother Box, uh, kind of it basically playing mind games with them, using hallucinations and such of his family. And then we also got some cool details regarding the Flash reversing time, because I guess at the end of Justice League Part 1, to stop the mother boxes from fusing together, forming the unity and terraforming the Earth, like Superman and Cyborg both joined forces in some way, shape, or form to kind of separate all the boxes, I guess, and like the feedback that process kills them, and I guess the Flash reverses time to undo their deaths, which is kind of cool. Uh, Would have been a cool scene, probably, because Zack Snyder does visuals very well. And I think the last one was yeah the last detail was basically Darkseid's high court being confirmed for the movie to be more than just Steppenwolf and originally I guess to the point where they actually recorded scenes for it like recorded audio for the CGI character but it was Desaad who's known as the one who kind of if you guys watched Young Justice Desaad was the one basically kind of wait was that that no that was Glorious Godfrey but no Basically, Desaad is a member of Darkseid's High Court. Um, so it just would have been really cool because I guess for a lot of people familiar with the MCU movies, that's basically like Darkseid's Black Order, basically, except for they came a whole lot earlier than the Black Order ever did. But just really easy to make those parallels for those who uh, know more of the mainstream stuff or the movies and things like that, more than the comics. But Aaron, what do you think about all these details being released i think it's really cool i think it's really interesting that this is what Zack snyder had originally intended i didn't know that we had had lines recorded for his for his uh supporting supporting players in in the bag you know i think that would have been really cool to include them and i feel like if Zack snyder would have gotten his his full vision realized that the talk around justice league would be a little bit different these days no, I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah, dude. And I, I mean, think supposedly that... it was in the like original teaser trailer for Justice League. Like, you can hear for like a, a split second or two, like Desaad's voice. Really? Wow, I didn't know that. I gotta go back and watch that then. But no, I think that would been really cool. Uh, maybe a a comic down the line, like like you were saying earlier in the in the previous cut. But we think that. Uh, yeah, that'd be pretty dope. I would like them to actually fulfill that as opposed to a certain other comic book company who teases potential comic adaptations that won't come true. I'm not going to name any names. I'll just but... say it. We're referring to the, the Spider-Man 4 thing. Um, everyone thought we'd get a comic, but I think that shows, though, that like and there is an audience for that kind of thing. I mean, yeah. and I think DC could pull it off better than Marvel could, honestly, because DC has such a well-established kind of history behind like Elseworld stories. So you can easily just make that an Elseworld story, especially if you're going to retire the Snyderverse stuff. Like basically you're doing a whole new Batman and potentially you're going to do a whole new Superman down the line. You're not going to make another Henry Cavill movie. I mean, if that's the case, I mean, just if the story's already made, which it sounds like it is, like Snyder to the point where he had a bunch of art for it and stuff like that. Just do it. I mean, Snyder did say that his version of the film was never actually fully shot, so to speak. So it would be almost impossible to really get a Snyder cut, so to speak, because there's just no footage of some things. Since that's the case, I mean, just put it in a graphic novel, make it an Elseworld. I'm sure it'd sell like crack. You know what I mean? Like the people want it. Let me ask you this. If if it was like a potential reality for it to happen, would you want like an animated version of what would have been the Snyder movie? You know, I'll say no, just because I feel like the graphic novel, 
Like, I want to say yes. You know what I mean? But the problem with that, we actually had an editorial about that, like, a way, way back. But I think the problem with that, and the problem I saw, like, a lot of people would have with it in the comments was the voice acting. Because yeah. a lot of people are saying, you know, if you go that route, it won't be the same without the voices from the actors that were in the movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be unlikely that WB would put that type of money into making the animated version in all likelihood. So probably the best we'd get is a graphic novel because it won't be super costly. Um, you will still have like basically unlimited creative freedom because, you know, it's basically just whatever the artists can and cannot draw. Um, right. So you wouldn't get the, those slow-mo shots though. You wouldn't get those Snyder slow-mos. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I guess they could probably do something where maybe it's like a digital comic exclusive. So you could have like the motion comic stuff and you could have the slow-mo at the motion comics. Um, oh, that'd be cool. That's, that's the best that. I could, that's the best kind of like in between, or I could think of between having it kind of being animated. So you could have those moments and still having it, I guess. Um, yeah. Has that been done before? Them turning like a failed script into a comic book? You know, not officially, but there's been tons of rumors and stuff where like failed scripts and stuff will be repurposed for like a story arc. Yeah, the closest thing I can think of of like a comic sequel or whatever being turned into a comic is, um, or like a movie sequel being turned into a comic is the the Django Zorro thing. Yeah. And even I think that's going to be turned into a movie pretty soon here. Well, I mean, like when I think about those kind of things, it's usually, well, it's it's usually harder than not because you know the comic book writers kind of have their own thing they want to do versus like the writers of the movies. You don't always get like a a great overlap of it. But I mean, it's usually like the characters, though. I've noticed like it's like a fan favorite character from a movie or a video game or whatever TV show, like Harley Quinn, um, like her origins from the animated series then into the comics i mean it's usually something like that and then just by proxy they'll take part of whatever that movie show video game was just because that might be a part of the backstory they use you know what i mean but right i don't think there's ever been a case where it's like a perfect one-on-one but i think that'd be interesting like i said before i think dc could pull it off just because they have such a well-established history of elseworld stories so like it could be a very easy one-off elseworld story have the no. Snyder like have the Snyderverse be a comic book universe officially, a part of the greater DC multiverse, and just 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 leave it at that. You know what I mean? Like you have an Injustice comic book series, like exactly. and that does moderately well. You're telling me a Snyderverse series wouldn't do moderately well? There's no way it makes no sense. No, yeah, of course. And I feel like with people still being interested in the the DC universe that is the the Warner Brothers films right now, I feel like you could totally have an audience, you know, especially the diehard Snyder fans out there. Like, I'd be curious. You can't say you wouldn't be curious to see what the true vision of this could have been, like the potential it could have had, had events at Warner Brothers not taking place, you know? Like, hell, I'd still even like to see a, a Tim Burton Superman comic. I think that'd be interesting. Really? Yeah, get get some Cage Superman action. Let's see what that would look like. Uh, I don't know about that. I think the Snyderverse <laughs> thing is like a special exception. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it is fresher and because had like a, a unique vision for it. Yeah, because like, all right, here's what I would do. Right, here's how I'd pitch it. If I was WB, I would see how people reacted when they thought Marvel was doing Spider-Man for the comic, and be mm-hmm. like, "Wow, that was." It was viral. You know, you can make a lot of money. Like, you can you can jack the price up on, like, a Snyderverse graphic novel. You know what I mean? And probably what I would do, if you're bold enough for it, I would make graphic novel versions of all the previous Snyderverse movies. So, Man of Steel, BVS, give them graphic novel treatments and just basically go to Snyder and be like, look, we know you had a bunch of stuff that you weren't you weren't able to put into the final cut of the movie which is why you always have a director's cut basically um or extended cut you can put everything as much as you want into this graphic novel and basically just like have these basically snyder cut versions of 
Man of Steel, BVS, you know, Snyder can add whatever he wants, technically could remove some stuff if he wants for like fluidity purposes, but obviously a comic book reads differently than or a graphic novel reads differently than, you know, how you watch a movie. And right. then then just release a huge ass graphic novel for Justice League, the Snyder Cut. You can do a part one, part two if you still want, but at the end of the day, it's going to be massive based on everything we've heard he wanted to do. And then from there, depending on the success of it, you could always do like what the original idea for Ben Affleck's Batman was. You could always do maybe something Snyder had in mind for a Man of Steel 2. You could do, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you can do those things as comic series, just like how Injustice after that did well you did another Injustice series and then another Injustice series after that in the comic form. Like, I think I think there's a lot of potential there, but you have to give it an end date too. So if you're going to do the other, like the Batman one, and then you're going to do like, let's say another Man of Steel, like tell people like, yeah, we're just making one more for each. So we're going to do what an Ezra Miller Flash story would have been under Snyder's you know, creative direction and mm-hmm. you know this and that. All right, and we're back. Sorry if the first segment uh, abruptly cut off for those listening to the whole version on SoundCloud, Spotify, or iTunes. We had some weird uh, connection issue for a brief moment, but we're back at it. This will be like a Frankenstein episode. So what a really shitty like return of Super Friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, this will be like a Frankenstein episode. So like part one of the recording and part two of the recording will be merged into one hopefully everything comes out really well you know the editing magic will be real but getting on to the second segment we have here so it looks like according and technically these are also rumors nothing has been officially stated by anyone from wb or matt reese himself but the batman looks like it will have quite a few villains uh, on top of penguin and catwoman which were previously reported by multiple sources we now have uh, reports that the Riddler and Firefly will be in this film. So, all things considered, I mean, it's going to be an interesting movie, I think, to say the least. Just plot-wise. I mean, like, it's it's described by Matt Reeves as like a detective noir type Batman film. We'll get to see his detective side uh, more prominently than maybe his more ninja-like side that the Nolan films more so highlighted. Aaron, what do you think about this? I mean... I want, I, I want to hear what you have to, to say before I say more about it. I think it's really cool. I'm glad we're finally getting, like, the detective, the world's greatest detective that we've known, the, car, the hardcore comic book fans know that Batman to be, you know? Like, Ben Affleck was the, the brute, the seasoned brute. Um, Christopher Nolan was, like, the ninja, you know? We didn't really get to see a lot of his detective work. I mean, we saw a little bit in The Dark Knight, but... I'm glad this is going to be a detective-centric Batman movie. Him coming into his own. Him using his wits to outsmart these villains, you know, more so than his fists. And I think I'm really interested to see what Robert Pattinson has to bring to this. You know, I never pictured him as Batman, but now that he is cast in the role, like, I'm I'm game. I'm down to see it. I, mean, I think it's interesting that we're going to see a, a gang of villains, like a, a gaggle of villains, if you will. When the Penguin, the Riddler, and Catwoman. I'm glad these characters are going to get some redemption under a director who's going to take the property seriously. And especially Firefly. We haven't really gotten Firefly in a movie before. The most memorable thing that comes to mind when I think Firefly is his appearance in that show, The Batman. Yeah, and then he became he was... Prometheus, I think, right? Did he? Like, yeah, I think they like evolved him in the show. Like, like They had like some accident, like mutatum or something, and he became Prometheus, which made sense, like, thematically, not thematically, but it made sense, like, on the surface because, you know, Prometheus, fire, all that stuff. But right. um, but that was, like, original to this show. Like, he didn't, last time I checked, at least, he didn't become Prometheus in the comics, which is why he's still Firefly. But, um, oh, also Two-Face, I think. Two-Face is also rumored to be in, like, this movie. So just, uh, yeah, like you said, a gaggle of villains. I mean... I so the one thing that really interests me outside of the fact that there's a lot of villains in this movie reportedly, you know, going to be in it again, nothing's really 100% confirmed as of us recording this. But 
Matt Reeves, it is confirmed, is making a trilogy. And I think him knowing and it being reported he's making a trilogy from the get-go is really interesting to me because I'm curious about what the overarching story is going to be. You know what I mean? Like, will there be a behind-the-scenes style villain, kind of like in the current Batman comics, where Bane's been a very kind of like mastermind villain over multiple story arcs? I wonder, are we going to get something like that with the Matt Reeves Batman film? And basically, we'll we'll get like the kind of final showdown moment in the third movie with like the mastermind of the entire trilogy. Will it be something like that, or will you know each movie be kind of distinct? In its own way but obviously you know build off the previous so i'm really curious i'm really like i'm i'm curious about that from like a storyline standpoint but also i'm really curious about how each villain will be used because obviously each villain can't be the main vi- villain you know so right no i hope they use them in, in a clever smart way you know and i know back in the early 2000s we had after post Spider-Man 3, we have this sort of fear of overusing too many villains, you know? But I feel like it's not about the amount of villains you use. It's how you use them. And I feel like exactly. certain properties as of late have shown that it's certainly possible. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse mainly being the first one that pops to my mind. But no, I think 100%. That, yeah, no. I think that with him having a, a thorough line of an idea of what he's going to do with having this trilogy. I think that it could be really a really flashed out sort of focused set of films. My question though is do we think this is going to be our first trilogy of films to not feature the Joker? Or do you I think say, the Joker is going to be involved? You know, I want to say yes and no. I mean, the Joker is such a big character, but I'll say I'll say it depends. Uh, I think it depends on how this solo Joker movie does, um, which mm-hmm. we'll kind of talk about in like the third segment. But I think it depends a little bit on that because they might try forcing their hands, if you know what I mean, to make like a sequel. Um, if it's like a huge success, which I hope they don't. You know, if it's meant to be a one and done movie, just let it be so. But you know how they are. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Matt Reeves is is striving to not make a Joker centric Batman film, but he may not have a choice. You know, with like an overarching story, it may just end up with batman joker one way or the other but i think he's gonna make a conceited effort based on things he said before to not put the joker in there i think he wants to highlight other villains that haven't had the same limelight as the joker uh but i mean like when i view this i mean i think a way they could balance all these characters is you know have if it's a more detective like story have riddler be the main villain have the have the penguin be kind of like a criminal underground kind of informant to Batman, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, just have him be the owner of the Iceberg Lounge and all that stuff, and kind of have an ear to the ground that Batman can use time for time. Obviously, they'll probably have a relationship. Like I'll scratch your back with some info, you scratch mine by basically looking the other way sometimes uh, for certain things, like when criminals come to my bar and stuff like that. And then Catwoman could probably be like a anti-hero kind of dancing the line kind of thing you know pseudo romantic interest for batman and then firefly could just be like a a one two scene off character like a hired gun so to speak maybe like if the penguin is like the iceberg lounge owner maybe it's just like you know for shits and giggles firefly of all characters is like his personal bodyguard or something you know what i mean or or maybe the riddler hires firefly to distract batman or something like that i don't know like I feel like there's a, a really easy way to balance it, but every way I think about it, the Riddler always ends up being the main villain. Just because mm-hmm. it's like a detective story. Like, you know, no, I, it's I just... do think, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the Riddler is the perfect foil for a detective centric Batman. It's more of a battle of wits than it is of, of fists and, and muscles, you know. And. Riddler's not really one to to punch his way out of a situation. So I feel like this has the potential to be really a psychological journey from both the hero's perspective and the, the thematic tone of the movie as well. And well, I, no, hope yeah. that, I hope that that's what we're getting. Like a, a, a comic, I don't want to say comic book accurate, because I mean, that would be ideal, but like a a comic book world that feels lived in with these characters that are a part of it. That's also 
maintains itself as something that's challenging for the for the mind, you know, something that makes you think and something that keeps you on your toes. And I feel like Matt Reeves is a, a director that really knows how to capture suspense as well as action. But I feel like he he is a very bold choice for this new interpretation of Batman. Well, thinking of the best Matt Reeves films that a lot of people think about, which most recently, at least, are like the Planet of the Apes movies, and then, like for a big budget, at least, and then think about the most critically acclaimed Batman movie, which is probably The Dark Knight. I mean, those movies all excelled in showing the protagonist deal with a foe that they couldn't beat to submission. Like, they couldn't beat with their fists. They had to outsmart and like it was obviously a blend of drama and stuff like that of course you know had that you know that source of tension but you never felt the protagonist would just get into a fist fight and beat the you know the villain you know what i mean i mean they obviously had fight scenes in it like you know caesar fought coba you know all that stuff but even then the main villain wasn't necessarily coba it was the humans right. at the end of the day and that was a foe that caesar couldn't defeat with force and he knew it he knew the apes would all get killed if they just went, you know, straight on 1v1 with all the humans. Like, I think when I think about those kind of things, like how the Planet of the Ace movies were and how they handled that kind of situation and the drama of it all and stuff like that. And then and that's just a really crude way of putting it, to be honest. But I hope I convey what I'm talking about there. And then also, if you think about the Dark Knight, you know, the Joker wasn't a villain that Batman, like, yes, Batman could beat him up. Sure. But it was very obvious that that wasn't enough. You know what I mean? Like... He had to go beyond just like the same tactics he would use to fight a regular thug, um, which I think is why people like the Joker so much in Dark Knight, because he wasn't so easy to beat in that way. Like he was like a villain you had to, you know, be psychologically and really use your wits against and, you know, stuff like that in the Nolan verse, at least. Yeah, I'm really excited, honestly, to get a character, you know, ideally like the Riddler and stuff like that. If he's the main character, after all, obviously nothing's confirmed, so we're just speculating here. But if that's the route they go with Matt Reeves, you know, at the helm, I have full faith. Honestly, I have full faith in this being a contender for like top three Batman movies. Unfortunately, you can't put any of the Affleck appearances in there because he really hasn't had his own movie. And I don't count Batman Superman as a Batman film. I, no, I count it like, yeah, even though he's prominently in the title and stuff like that. I mean, it's not it's not his film. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think it I think it's gonna be beautiful. Honestly, like I think Matt Reeves is I mean, say what you will about any Batman actor versus who and this and that you have to give it up to the Batman franchises having phenomenal directors overall. Like, yes, you have some, you know, misses here and there, but overall they have some of the greatest, you know, directing kind of talent lineups versus other superhero franchises. Oh, 100%. They have, Batman has some of the best rogues gallery in comics, and I feel like the fact that we're getting to see that in its totality is something really exciting. Really exciting for comic book fans, for Batman fans, for, for audiences to see the different ways Batman deals with these foes and balancing that within a, a cinematic platform. I feel like that's going to be really, really exciting to see. Hopefully and I really hope Matt Reeves pulls it off. No, I I think he will. I I don't, I don't hope I just, it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of how he'll pull it off in my opinion. Um, Yeah. But guys, getting on to our third segment, Will the DCEU or World of Heroes, whatever the official title is, uh, will that have multiple timelines going on at the same time? Because this is something that I really thought about recently when Zachary Levy, who plays Shazam, was talking about Shazam 2 starting production in the near future, upcoming months. And I was thinking, wow, Shazam 2, Harley Quinn, the Birds of Prey, um, technically, I guess, Wonder Woman uh, 1984, like all these movies still technically follow the Zack Snyder driven narrative with regards to like they're all one way or another sequels from the established world of man of steel bvs and justice league so at the same time we're getting like a rebooted batman and we technically have the solo joker film i mean i was just thinking about like all these different things going on and you know 
do you think WB is going to maintain multiple timelines? I Technically, like Aquaman's also part of the Snyder, the previous timeline too. I forgot about Aquaman for a second, but and presumably I, the trench with it. So successfully, I well, feel just like... in general, do you think they'll they'll maintain it? Or do you think they'll just slowly but surely just start closing the door? Hmm. I think or it depends on two things. I feel like it depends on the success of Wonder Woman 84 and it depends on the success of Joker. I feel like Joker's Joker's the the new the new risk, you know, the new thing that's outside of this this DC cinematic universe that they've been trying to build. And then Wonder Woman 84 is still that thing that's of the old, that's still within that. And that comes out next year and that's still holding on to what Zack Snyder built before. And I feel like if we get if both of those things can work, there's a strong potential that we can continue to have our cake and eat it too, you know? Because like they'll see that, oh, audiences are interested in these one these Elseworld stories. Oh, they still are interested in our DC universe that we're trying to build. And if we're having multiple timelines, then I feel like that's something that is definitely possible. Like even if Joker, if Joker does well, even like moderately well, passes his budget, we can get something like Superman Red Sun. We can get something like hold, hold on there. We are not ever getting a live action Superman Run, Red Sun movie. <laughs> Just because of what the budget would be alone, there's no way they'll make that high profile of a movie one off wise like that. Maybe not like a one for one comic accurate, but not anytime hey, soon at least. Maybe like if in twenty got... years. If we get a movie like Brightburn, why not get like a Red Sun movie? Because they're going to do a Supergirl movie first. You're right. They'll probably do Supergirl. I mean, didn't they just do Red Sun on the Supergirl show anyway? Or like a version of it? Yeah, I mean, that's so. That's actually a pet peeve of mine with the CW shows. Um, and that's one reason I stopped watching them, honestly. Well, that and like I'm a huge Wally West fan. And I was disgusted by how they did Wally West on the CW. Like... It's it's not that hard. It shouldn't be that hard to do these characters justice on the I guess the small screen, if you will. Um, but they just go out of their way to just continuously not treat the characters with respect. I mean, see, this okay. might be like a mini rant now, but like if we start with the like I guess Arrow, right? I thought Arrow did a decent enough job, as decent as you could, to kind of balance what a CW show usually has in terms of, you know, romantic triangles and, you know, drama, stuff like that. I thought it did a relatively good job of that and having the comic book stuff, even though it was very obvious that early on is very Nolan-esque with like, it's kind of approach to things. Yeah. With it's like tone and everything. And also, um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of when they just started interjecting like the league of assassins so much into it. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then they they did their own version of League of Shadows, I believe, also later on. But I, I wasn't a huge fan of that. I think for me, the show I really stopped watching it regularly once, I guess, like Roz or Raish Al Ghul uh, killed Oliver. I thought that would have been a perfect endpoint, to be honest with you. Or it would have been much better if they just had maybe you know Raish takes him and puts him in a Lazarus pit, all, you know. Because he felt like he proved his worth or something, you know, during the fight. I don't know. Something like that. But they, they ended up doing something totally different. And they basically made Arrow that universe is Batman. But now Batman technically exists. So it's kind of like weird. Um, yeah. If he's that version's Batman, then what's this version's universe is Batman? Yeah. But I mean, I kind of gave it a pass, though, for Arrow just because it was the first like Arrowverse show. So, you know, they probably didn't expect it would grow this expansive. Um, and, you know, at that time. And also, while they did take some elements from, like, the Nolan films, like, tone and stuff, and from the Batman comics in general, I, I still thought they did as well of a job as you can, I guess, to still kind of making, still kind of make it its own thing. And I thought they did a good job with, like, the flashbacks doing that and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, overall, I didn't mind it too much. But when it comes to, like, the Flash... They took a lot of Wally West characteristics, put it into Barry, because Barry, way back, you know, way back when, Barry was the personality of Wonder Bread. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he was very, like, like very just easy to write in a sense where 
he didn't have that many defining characteristics in his personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was pretty malleable. But Wally had all the you know characterization, like all all the developments with the Speed Force, all that stuff. Really, a lot of the developments with the Rogues Gallery of the Flash came from Wally's time as the Flash. So when they brought Barry back into the comics and made him the Flash instead of Wally as like the prominent Flash, they ended up unfortunately taking a lot of Wally's personality, I guess certain characteristics of Wally, and they interjected it into Barry, along with making Barry like Speed Force Jesus at the same time. <laughs> because they needed a reason to like show, I guess, why Wally was no longer the prominent character, even though his past like two decades of being the Flash uninterrupted more than justified him to be like the prominent one just like with damian wayne as robin you know like tim drake was robin for so long when they did damian wayne really the only way they had they could go with it to justify him being robin instead of tim drake at that point was by saying damian wayne was the actual son of batman you know what i'm saying like it's like a similar kind of circumstance to that like damian became the biological son of bruce Barry became Speed Force Jesus. But like those are what they had to do to justify those characters being as prominent as they were so quickly again. And uh, right. or I guess for Damien's case, being so prominent in general so quickly. But on yeah, on the CW show, like we saw parts of that. You know, like Linda, who's technically supposed to be Wally's wife in the comics, dated Barry for a while. And, you know, just some of Barry's quirks became, you know, like they were from Wally, you know, in a lot of ways. And then when they introduced Wally into CW, I just thought they kind of shortchanged him. You know, like I was digging the backstory they were kind of going for having Wally be more like a mechanical engineering student and stuff like that. I was down for that. I thought that was, you know, interesting. And I thought they could have they could have done something more with that. But they kind of just let down the table um, like they do a lot of, you know, plot lines for characters, unfortunately. And the way he got his powers were just dumb to me as well. I mean, the suit itself was really bad. That's something that really bothered me. Like, they just, like, I could just tell they didn't care about the character by the suit they gave him. It was so bulky. It was weird. That's what I'm saying. It just, it looks so fake. And it's just, like, the reason why Wally's, like, I guess, mask or whatever works the way it does is because he has a lot of flowing hair. And the actor that plays Wally in the CW doesn't have that so it makes no sense for him to have you know like the top open kind of like mask and what about then, wallace what about wallace west in the comics though yeah no i think that's cool and i, I wish they gave him so originally the so i guess we'll just call it like black wally and like og wally right so mm-hmm. i guess i guess black wally is now called wallace and since the original wally west is back but I was totally cool with like the new Wally West, um, the black Wally West, I guess I was totally cool with him. And one thing I did like was his different costume. So they had like a future flash storyline and the flash of that unit of that timeline was the black Wally now grown up as the flash. And he had like the silver and red suit and it was dope. And then like, they never really technically called him the flash but I noticed that the suit was relatively similar to Impulse. So actually at the time, I tweeted at the artist of the Flash comic, like writer slash artist. And I asked him, I was like, hey, based on the colors of this, since they already had Kid Flash technically there um, as the New 52 Bart Allen, I was like, is he supposed to be the New 52 version of Impulse? And basically, like, he kind of gave me like a wink emoji and stuff like that. And he was like, wait and see. Um, but unfortunately, before that storyline really finished, DC already announced the return of like the OG Wally West. So I think that kind of threw a wrinkle in everything. And then the Flash books changed creative teams and, and all that stuff. It was Brett Booth, actually. That was who I tweeted at. Um, mm. But I was like, yeah. I would have been cool with that. And I, I would have preferred that, honestly. I would have preferred that they combined either Wally and Bart storyline. Um, either that and have him be impulse. I would have preferred that, or I would have preferred they just made Wally impulse because it makes no sense for a college student to be called Kid Flash. Yeah, no, that's kind of dumb. They're like, we just gotta keep Kid Flash because 
even though he's like a grown ass man, we got to keep Kid Flash because you know that's what the comics did, and that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, just the amount of disrespect they gave the CW Wally West character too. I mean, the actor ended up leaving for personal reasons, so they wrote they wrote the character off. But they weren't even really using the character, anyways. I mean, all things considered, with how much potential there was there, I mean. That's why I, I didn't want them to introduce the character in general because I knew they wouldn't do the character justice. So mm-hmm. they wasted just, him. Yeah, so I'm saying I would have rather not seen the character than in that case. Or like with Legends, you know, if they had Legends going to different timelines, then introduce Wally West that way. I would have been totally I'm, cool with that. Have Wally be a different universe as Flash. That would have been I, perfect, just like the Dick Yeah, Jenkins. I mean, they, he was in Legends for like a season or like half a season. <laughs> Yeah, but when they were doing like the multiverse shenanigans with like Zoom and Jay Garrick eventually and all that, like that would have been perfect time to introduce Wally West just as an alternate universe Flash, in my opinion. You could have had the same actor and everything, but at least that way, if the character appears for a little bit and then goes away, it's not a huge deal. You know what I mean? Like, but they'd have to give him his own suit because he didn't look good in Grant Gustin's suit. No, I hundred percent agree. That's why I said, like, I knew the character would be like would not get justice when they showed him in his suit because Jay Garrick's suit looks cool. The zoom outfit looked cool in motion and stuff like that. I mean, the Savitar suit looked cool. Barry's initial Flash outfits. I didn't. I'm not a huge fan of the most recent one, but the ones before, all things considered, was pretty good. You know, the Supergirl suit. That's cool. The Arrow suit. That's been overall pretty a pretty dope suit. I think we could all agree. But Wally suit, that just looks like they put minimum effort. It was corny. It was a yeah. corny ass suit. <laughs> and the yellow just the yellow just doesn't look good. Honestly, like I, I really do wish they went with like the silver and red kind of like color palette, uh, like for the character and stuff like that. Especially because it doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, why is he wearing basically the reverse Flash outfit? Yeah, like, uh, maybe they'll give him a better. Suit. Maybe they give him a better suit in an alternate timeline. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, just ah, it's whatever. Around it. Oh, but where we go? Yeah, Supergirl. So yes. Yeah, so my biggest problem with the Supergirl show is that they just basically adapt like the Superman storylines. Yeah, they do, man, and it's it's kind of lame because the Supergirl in that show beats up Superman. They made Superman weaker for the sake of that show. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't care too much about that because I mean, it's a, it's Supergirl's show, you know what I mean? So like, I don't expect her to be, you know, second fiddle to her own show. Yeah, like even if it's Superman, I don't expect the Supergirl show to have her, especially in like this climate, like social climate. I just, I don't expect them to bring Superman in just to have him like beat up Supergirl. It, that doesn't make any sense to me. But right. yeah, I mean, she has a lot of really cool adventures, like with the Legion of Superheroes. Um, like that would have been a cool like season, I think, if you just had a whole season of her in the future. Or That'd like be cool. she she had a she had a more recent storyline where she was a Red Lantern, even. Or you could just have her character focus more on the origins of Krypton. You know, like have her maybe like you can have the show start with you know like have the first season maybe be her on Earth. But she doesn't want to live in her cousin's shadow. So the second season, maybe have her going off into space and trying to explore maybe like possible leads to like maybe any Kryptonians that survived and this and that. And you can still have her interact that way with like, you know, Monel and stuff like that in the other Daxamites and go to Daxa maybe. And then on top of that, you could have her interact with other groups like the Green Lantern Corps and this and that. And you could use that space adventure season, if you will. You could use that to lead into like Legion of Superheroes for like season three and maybe her going to the future for that season. And you know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot you could have done creatively that did not involve just adapting a Superman storyline, but replacing Superman with Supergirl. And that's just kind of why I'm bummed. And I, that's why I'm, I'm not super excited about Batwoman, to be honest. is because I feel like they're going to have a Court of Owls storyline with Batwoman instead of Batman, you know, in that kind of position Batman was in. And I feel like they're just going to have a lot of Batman storylines with Batwoman. You think she's, she's, she's pseudo-Batman? Yeah, even though Batwoman has her own storylines, which are good. 
And that's what kills me. Like these characters have good storylines, but the writers don't want to use them because they're not as well known as the other counterparts. Like Batwoman's storylines, unfortunately, aren't as mainstream as Batman's. And Supergirls aren't as mainstream as Superman's. And I understand that, but at the same time, that's no excuse to not be creative and introduce or reintroduce Supergirl or Batwoman storylines to those audiences because if it's written well and it's executed well on the show, it doesn't matter whose storyline it's coming from. People are going to watch it. They're scared, dude. They're scared to take risks. A show that was bold, it's also in the DC Universe that took risks and and really worked for it, was Doom Patrol. Doom yeah, Patrol is like, so weird. I, I feel like that's different, though, because it's on the streaming service, which also kind of upsets me. I mean, honestly, <clears throat> sorry, my voice kind of was getting weird for a sec there. I think DC should have went the Marvel route with their shows, in the sense where they should have had a Netflix deal, like an Amazon Prime video deal, something like that, instead of launching a whole separate service. Because I, yeah, a lot of people probably did sign up for the service, yes, but not nearly as many people. You did not maximize, you know what I'm saying, like the amount of people that would have been able to watch the show. Or like I would have watched the show from day one, you know what I'm saying, if it was more accessible. But do you feel the accessibility of the content affects the quality of it? No, I feel like the quality of it shouldn't be affected by the accessibility unless that is relating to the budget, which would affect the quality um, but honestly, Doom Patrol could have been like a not a CBS show, but it could have been like a CW show. Oh, definitely show. not. Oh, or, hell no. Do I, no, do but the, I mean, like, I mean, like in the sense, no, I have, but I'm saying, like, in the sense where it could have been on TV and it would have I kicked mean, ass on TV. You know what I mean? The or concept. Like, the concept, yeah, but I feel like if we if we didn't have it on a streaming service where they're allowed to go the places they were, they were. I don't feel like a network television. Uh, well, put on HBO then. I mean, like if you put on HBO, I mean, and I, I'm very certain that HBO would have like, after maybe some thought and maybe some pitching here and there, a little bit for like a little bit of time, like a month or so. I'm sure HBO would have eventually just been like, yeah, we'll we'll have the show because they're running out of franchises. They're running out of shows right now. To like, they still have shows, obviously, but Game of Thrones ended. They don't mm-hmm. have Game of Thrones right now. You know what I mean? So they probably would have been totally down for a bunch of exciting DC shows that were great quality because HBO cares about quality, unlike other channels. So if you put Doom Patrol and you put shows like um, Swamp Thing and all that like on HBO, I'm sure like they would have been a lot more successful and I'm sure they would have been watched by a lot more people. No, I do, too. Or even Starks, you know what I mean? Like, American Gods is an amazing show. I haven't seen American Gods. I've heard great things about it, though. It's it's fantastic, honestly. Man. I'll have to check that one out, then. It's also on Amazon Prime Video, because it's, like, co-produced by, like, Stars and Amazon Prime. So in the U.S., it's on Stars. Overseas, it's on Amazon Prime Video. Kind of like, I think DC Universe did that, actually. Now I think about yeah. it, I think overseas yeah. they had it, like, at least for Titans. I know, like, it was, like, a Netflix original overseas, but a DC Universe original or stuff like that. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. They should have just made it a Netflix show. Like, yeah, I mean, across the that, board. That would have like, been really good, actually, I think. Like, like just, I feel like, uh, I feel like a Swamp Thing was accessible. that people wouldn't have got canceled. What? Was that, like, a budget thing, or was that dismissed? Was it? I mean, I don't I know. It's a budget thing. I mean, it sucks, man. And like, I'm really conflicted about it just because when I do think about it, these are really good shows. Like, the quality, like Young Justice, also. I don't know if Young Justice would be on HBO or Stars or anything like that. I just don't think the having a separate streaming service for it was, in hindsight, I don't think it was the way to go. I think it's just you're you're fighting other streaming services. I think from like an entry standpoint, it would have just been better to have it already a part of an established kind of streaming service that already has like an established like audience group. Um, You know, like I'm not saying don't make another streaming service later, but I mean, you're making Warner Media now. You could have 
had Titans, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, Young Justice, all those shows have their seasons on that separate platform, and then you could bring it over to Warner Media after more people have seen the shows. Mm-hmm. No, I think that'd definitely be a smart move for them, you know, but they wanted to launch their own service because I feel like with all these services launching, trying to compete with each other, I feel like it it kind of is not counterproductive, but not everyone's going to get all these services. You know, you're you're expecting you have to have this loyalty. And in reality, not everyone's going to be able to afford Amazon and Netflix and Disney Plus and CBS All Access and DC Universe. You know, that's a lot of stuff to get. And well, you know what's going to happen, right? What? We're going to start seeing, like, the truth behind the companies that actually own these because they, they say it's really only like four or five companies that really like own all the production stuff for like the various you know xyz channels and this and that and i think what we're going to see is a bunch of those streaming services are going to come out right for like one for everything and there's going to be so many options that people choose no options kind of like that old saying goes where you know if you have a hundred options you're going to choose nothing because there's too many um mm-hmm. just like if you have too many things to do during your day you may end up doing nothing because it's just so overwhelming. And I think we're going to see something like that with the streaming services. And that will force the higher-up companies that own these different subsidiaries, it's going to force them to combine them, to make them more bang for your buck, to make them more attractive, all that good stuff. And what we're going to end up happening is basically those four or five studios that own all the different production companies and all the different networks those will just become the streaming services. Mm. So we'll end up like we'll have like 20 or so streaming services altogether in like the next five years. Right. Probably. But then five years later, we'll probably only have four or five, maybe six. If Netflix is able to stay competitive and stuff like that in the game at that point. And it's really just going to be basically all those parent companies are going to just be their own streaming service and they're going to offer whatever their brands offer. Like Hulu will probably just be a part of Disney plus eventually depending on how things go. Hulu's already established enough though. So it may have its own legs at this point to kind of survive. But if push comes to shove, I wouldn't be surprised to see Hulu just be added under the Disney plus slate. And then bam, more people are going to subscribe to Disney plus because they were either at Hulu previously, or now when they think about this stuff from like a not a marketing perspective, but like a consumer behavior perspective, they're saying I'm getting more bang for my buck if I go Disney Plus because I'm getting the Disney stuff and the Hulu stuff. And then next thing you know, Disney Plus will add the ESPN Plus stuff to it as well because Disney owns ESPN. So then you're going to be more, you know what I'm saying? Like little by little, all these things are going to kind of just come back together under the parent companies that own the different brands because they're going to be fighting instead of the streaming services from an offering standpoint an accessibility standpoint the fight will go to all right what's getting me the best value for my dollar Mm -hmm. and the only way to increase that value is to increase the content you're providing and the brands you're providing and the only way to do that is to merge the various you know brands under one banner so no yeah i do feel like no, and I agree with you. I feel like that's definitely the way that it could go. You know, but that being said, with with there being fewer options, the prices will probably go up as well. Yeah, but it won't go up too dramatically because at the end of the day, they still have to compete for the time being with like TV and stuff. So a big allure of the streaming services is that it's cheaper than cable and that's how they market it. You know, like, oh, cut your cord and yada, yada. I think eventually we'll get there though. Like it'll, it'll be comparatively priced. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they'll just That's bundle cool. it with more things then. Like they'll forcibly, but like where I live right now, they force us essentially to have, unless you have a balcony, you're forced to have like Xfinity. And then if you have Xfinity for this area I live in, you're forced to have the internet TV bundle. I just want internet. I don't really even use the TV like that unless it's like watching a sporting game. But even that you could live stream at this point. But I'm forced because of the area I live in to have the TV internet bundle. And it drives me nuts, honestly, because I don't want to pay the extra for the TV, but I have to if I want right. internet. So, like, yeah. that's kind of lame. 
it, it, it's kind of lame thing make you pay for it's, TV. It's beyond lame. Honestly, it's <laughs> ridiculous. You want to know the real crime? If you have a balcony, even if you're not using another service, you still have to pay for like satellite insurance. What? If, as if, yeah, as if you were if you were to have like a satellite installed on your balcony, if you wanted like direct TV or like you know Verizon Fios. Now they're just trying to steal money from you at this point. That's what I'm saying, and I mean like, and even if I'm pretty sure there's extra taxes and surcharges and all that BS. If I did have like one of those satellites installed, um, but we're getting off topic from the WB stuff <laughs> uh, or from oh, the yeah, DC stuff. But wow, um, we went way off the. I deep. think I think we went into our own little like section here. But <laughs> I'll just put something in the comments, like skip to here to hear us, you know, go over. But I guess to go back to like, will DC have multiple kind of? Um, layers to their timelines and their offerings for the movie side of things uh, since we kind of talked about tv enough already um, i think it's going to be really confusing but i think oddly enough what may like survive it is a Snyderverse stuff because there's so many of it already being produced i think they might just say screw it you know Wonder Woman was a success aquaman was a success shazam was a success all those built off of bvs and justice league and all that let's just keep going there but I think the drawback of that, though, is that they won't make more movies besides, like, Batman. They won't make more movies with those characters. Like, I don't think DC's really in a rush to make a cyborg movie at this point, a Flash movie at this point. Green Lantern, though, I think they'll still do. I think they'll still pursue Green Lantern as planned because it was introduced to the previous Snyder movies. And it's so far removed. You know what I mean? Like, it could be in space, away from everything else, all that stuff. But... They might just treat Matt Reeves as a one-off thing instead of like a introduction to a new universe. To be honest, mm-hmm. like that trilogy will just be self-contained. I could see it. Oh, I, I would. I would. I'd want more Snyder stuff. You know, I feel like. What? Hmm. That begs the question: What would the team-up movie be, though? If, like, just theoretically speaking, here, if they made a new kind of like not Justice League, but a different like team-up movie, what do you think it would be? Because it'd be like what Shazam, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn, probably as like what the main figures. They just like make a new team after that. A new they couldn't call it Justice League. They had to call it something else. Well, the only thing I could think of is, and they kind of accidentally set this up, I guess. Um, so Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and Shazam are all magically connected to the Greek gods, you know, because Wonder Woman's the daughter of Zeus. And Aquaman, you know, that connects back to Poseidon and stuff like that. Especially with the trident of Poseidon. Mm-hmm. And then Shazam gets his powers partially from Greek gods. So they are, they're all connected magically in that way, technically. So they could use that as a basis. And then the Enchantress was magical also. So Suicide Squad isn't removed too much from having interactions with those kind of figures. So they could do a thing where it's just basically, you know, a magical villain. Like Enchantress, maybe. I don't know. But, well, no, they did Enchantress, didn't they? No. Wait. I can't remember. Was the Suicide Squad villain Enchantress? It was. Yeah, that's so forgettable that movie is. Crap. Okay. All right, Cersei. Cersei. Um, they could do Cersei then, since she's not, <laughs> as far as we know, she's not in the new Wonder Woman movie. So they could always do Cersei, I guess, as like the villain, maybe. Yeah. And they can kill her with her brother under some. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. But what do you think, no, though? What do you kidding. think they would do if they were um, to do another team up? If they were to do another team up, dude, I'd hope we can get something. Honestly, if we're getting like another team up movie, we're talking about just based off of the characters we've had so far in the universe. Yeah. So, like, it would be like Shazam. Aquaman, Wonder Woman. Like, these are the, like, basically just think of the movies that we know we're getting going forward that are still technically connected to, like, BVS, Justice League, all that. I feel like if we're still, if it's still in the same universe and we're keeping the same actors, I feel like they just call it Justice League 2 and, or Justice League with some sort of subtitle and just not have Batman or Superman in it. And just like, yeah, they're. Or the on, Flash or Cyborg? Off, There's no way. World. <laughs> There's, there's no way they go that far. Because... They'll be the Justice Society. <laughs> that would be hilarious, actually, if they actually like just made a Justice... I mean, 
but there's already a rumor that they're doing that because I guess Hawkman's supposed to be in like the Black Adam movie or something like that. Actually, Wait, the Justice really? Society. Yeah, they said reports came out from like that hashtag show way back when, where they basically said like the whole Justice Society would be there in the Black Adam movie. Like Hawkman would be there, Adam Smasher would be there, Star Girl would be there. I oh, mean, what? which okay. is confusing enough because they're making a Star Girl show, and DC's not. A, a place known for having TV and movie at the same time with the characters, but you know, if they if they do that, that'd be crazy because then I mean there'd be three three Star Girls actively going on because there's the Star Girl in in Legends of Tomorrow. We're now into like the 1940s, and then there'd be the Star Girl on the DC streaming service, and then the Star Girl in the movies. Wow, what a yeah. long way DC has come from when they wouldn't even allow Batman on TV and. They wouldn't allow Superman on TV outside of like the Smallville stuff, and even he wasn't Superman yet. So, oh, did you actually hear about Tom Welling? He was on uh, a podcast with Michael Rosenbaum, who played Lex in uh, Smallville, and also he voiced Wally in Teen Titans and Just League animated series. Um, and they're talking about that, like if he were to come back, would he be down to do a role in like the CW verse? And he said Batman. Wow, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which would be cool, I think, because he did play Clark, and technically, you could argue he played Superman, even though he'll argue you about that, saying that he wasn't Superman yet. But I think it'd be interesting to see that actor. I mean, like, I like Tom Welling, you know, like, yeah, he's good. I think he's a good actor. I think he, I think he could do a Batman. Like he has, the, he has the build for it for sure. Like, the dude's tall. He has like a linebacker type build. So, oh, definitely. I'd be curious to see what he would bring to it. Yeah. I would be too. I mean, I still would have loved for him to be a CW Superman, just like, you know, for the fun of it. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Michael Rosenbaum too. It would have been cool if, like, we'll see, he can't play Lex because John Cryer's Lex in the CW verse, technically. So, yeah. How do you feel about that, Lex? Oh, I was totally cool with that. I loved it. Um, okay. From, like, the stuff I saw, I loved it. But, I I guess for Michael Rosenbaum, if they were to bring him back, what villain would I like to see him play? I don't even think I'd want him to be a comic book villain. I think maybe like just like an original villain. Like like Ooh. some evil board member like of Wayne Industries okay. or something. The only reason I say that is because like maybe he's like the interim CEO now that Bruce Wayne's like disappearing. The only reason I say that is because his chemistry with like Tom Welling is pretty like top notch. So like I would love to to, to see to, them again. Yeah, yeah, just like them chewing scenes together because like they did that for like seven years on Smallville before Michael Rosenbaum left for a while, and right. it was just like 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 they're good friends too. So like they just bounce well off each other. To be honest, no, yeah, they they're good chem. Like good. He's chemistry. still my favorite Lex too. There used to be like a badass montage video. Of like his Lex, and like something happened to that video. I don't know what happened. Like I think the the guy that made it on YouTube like took it down or something eventually. But like it was it was like to the the background music was powered by Kanye West. It was just it was just like a great greatly made video. I was so hyped watching it. I was like, yeah, Michael Rosenbaum, best Lex. But <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's it for the episode. I feel okay. like this episode is going to be like three hours long when I'm done. Yeah. With it. <laughs> The Frankenstein episode. The super yeah, friend it's like Frankenstein. five recordings going to be merged. You know, this is going to be hell because I have to merge all the recordings to make like the long version. And then I'll have to split them up again to make the segment version. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're going to have a long night. <laughs> I'm not doing this tonight. You can even do this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, no. um. Aaron, thanks for being on the return of Super Friends. Uh, you know, I hope we can keep this going. I, th- I feel like you know this is a good episode, but hopefully we can maybe get some other people on it too, uh, other perspectives. You know, it's not a real podcast, is unless it's like three hours long, right? So <laughs> more voices the better. And uh, I don't really have a question for the viewers just because it's been so long, but also because this episode is so long. I feel like not many people are listening this far, but. If you are listening this far, um, you know, we're, we want to bring back the viewer questions sooner rather than later. So um, leave some questions down below if you can. Hashtag super friends. Um, you can tweet us questions on our Twitter handle at HNE social 
or you can just leave them in the comments below uh, whatever kind of floats your boat and yeah aaron do you have any i guess plugins for where people can find you well you, know, you can find me on instagram at the real aaron alexander that's my main my main hub right now nice all right so we'll catch you guys later and thanks for joining us